Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and this college basketball episode covers select games scheduled to be played on Tuesday, December 13th, 2022. Get you here, check out the webpage on the banner for a primer, what we're about here, some goals, and the community rules. It's www.pickswitheprofessor.com slash new. We can rewrote that over the weekend uh, with a, just a little bit better of a purpose and, and more clear uh, clear cut things that I've been saying ar- around here. Check that out if you haven't seen the the redo of that. Uh, but as always, remember there are no locks in gambling. So what Sideline provides are loves, likes, and leans. It is A, B, and C grades indicate its confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. We are only covering a subset of games in this episode. So for the full slate of picks, check out the Google Show linked in the show description or on the website homepage. But as always, take what you like and leave the rest. If you have questions about these games or other ones, the best place to get those answered is in our Discord chat, which can be accessed through Patreon. That link is below in the ticker. Lastly, please understand that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as we'd like to say will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, I say on every show, good and bad variants will occur. And we've seen all sorts of good and bad variants. Um, Maybe a first here with the Chris Beard situation. Uh, talk about variants there. Talk about not knowing what was going to happen. Um, I mean, first and foremost, obviously, uh, we hope everyone's okay. We hope yeah. everything goes as well as it goes. I don't know how to say it other than that. I, I, I hesitate to say thoughts and prayers. That, that seems like such a hollow phrase these days. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that sentiment, obviously, we hope everything turns out okay and everyone's okay and everyone will be okay. But uh, that uh, the human element aside, just what a wonky situation uh, that is. And it's, and it's led to, at least as we're recording right now, a tie game with 20 seconds to go. Um, you know, we talk about good and bad variants. We don't expect things like that. Hopefully we can go the rest of the season without something else wonky like that happening. And the good and bad variants is just a team gets hot from three or gets cold from three and that sort of nonsense that happens and, and nothing uh, quite of this magnitude. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this was, like, like we said, like I said in the Discord, I, this is just to stay away because you don't you, you don't know how. I mean, as much as we talk about gambling on on these uh, teams and things, I mean, they're kids. A lot of them are yeah. like at most twenty four. I mean, you don't know how somebody that young is going to handle whatever whatever happened there. Like just these distractions for for, yeah. for them distractions, right? Yeah, Obviously, like it means more to other people, but to them, it's it's a distraction. Yeah, you, like you don't know if they got a call at five in the morning and that threw everything off or they had never got called and did a team meeting and like, you know, messed their whole routine and day up. Like you, you don't know there. So I would, that's why I was staying away. Cause you don't know. Yeah. And cause something like this was just as likely to happen as them coming out and beating them by a hundred. And, and I think that's the key takeaway uh, from this. We, I talk about these things all the time, but I think this is a good point to remind the viewer. Look, this was obviously a very extreme situation, but it's not, drastically different from a grand picture of what seemingly like the same sort of thing that happened in Iowa state, Iowa, we talk about a game where Iowa just went out there and hit made like three times as many threes in the first half as in the previous game against Duke. Right. And Iowa state were like, Oh, for 11 from three, you know, the idea being when we observe a game, it's one game out of a distribution of all sorts of possible ways it can happen. That's why I always talk about what if this game were to be played 10 times, 100 times. That's kind of what we're eyeing. And when we take one realization from that, you sometimes get weird results. And so we, we always don't want to take too much from that one game. Um, this just being obviously a tail end of the distribution that there's no way that Rice should be in the game with Texas. And it was just as likely to be on the other end of the distribution where the kids come out and say, hey – 
you know what? Today's been a weird day. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go kick some tail in the basketball court and and play like lockdown defense and allow like 30 points all game, right? Like that could have happened too. That's not the reality we got. So it, it, even though this is obviously, again, hopefully not a situation we want to see in other games going forward, it is just a good reminder that whether it's distractions or weirdness or whatever, that it's, it's hard to tell ahead of time how a team will react to anything and that anytime we see a game, it's just one observation that's one extra data point to tell us overall how we feel, but it shouldn't be viewed too heavily um, or, you know, because sometimes weird results happen for, as we're seeing here, any number of different reasons. Yeah. And from like a future betting standpoint, this doesn't mean we write Texas off either. Like th- this is just one of those games. You just got to throw it away because there's a thousand different reasons for this. Yeah, and it will be interesting to handicap them. Obviously, you know, this is a sports betting show, and this we're going to talk about, you know, with Texas going forward. Uh, you know, maybe it's just a stay away for a while and kind of see how they react. But by the time they get to conference play, they're going to be some good games, some interesting games that people are going to be wanting to bet on. And hopefully by then we can kind of see how the team's reacting, you know, can they just put this this aside and, and focus hard in practice and go out and, and pick it back up? Or is this going to be a lingering? Because, again, we just don't know. There's a chance that this is just a blip in the radar. There's a chance sometimes these sort of things derail an entire season. So I don't want to spend any more time on it, but it's just to keep in mind as we go forward, there's just a, a lot of uncertainty right now. It'll be interesting to see how it progresses going on for them on the court um, because, obviously, we hope everything goes well off the court. But, you know, that's not what we – thankfully are, are involved in it. And thankfully we are, you know, just watching that situation and, and not involved in it. Uh, but otherwise we've got a really good slate here for you on Tuesday. But before we get to that, some reminders, please hit that like button. If you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following it's free. And if you turn on notifications, you won't miss any of the college basketball and there'll be your college football content that this channel provides. I already mentioned the Patreon, but check it out if you haven't yet. Lots of great benefits to be found there. Above and beyond, we do here. Membership starts at just $3 per month. www.pickswiththeprofessor.com is the website. www.patreon.com slash pickswiththeprofessor can get you there. Uh, but even if you're not there, we're thrilled to have you here. Uh, we'll get right to it here. All on courtesy bet online and current as at the time of this recording on Monday night. Uh, Jake, there were, I believe, 14 A-grade plays. Here for Tuesday, again, a reminder, if you had a $10 tier, you've already got those in your inbox. You already know what they are. Lines are already starting to move around. One of them we're going to talk about later today has moved around. I believe we're going to couple, cover a couple of those A-grade plays, but the rest of them, uh, hopefully you're, are, you've already seen them, you've already bet them. Um, if not, uh, those will be posted to Google Sheets, so you'll get them eventually. But of all the A-grade plays, the one that you and I agreed on that we both loved – that we want to count towards each of our records. Marshall laying two at UNC Greensboro. The model locked in two and a half. It's currently at two, so that's the price we're locking in here. For the show, Marshall minus two. Sideline says this should be Marshall minus six. So, I mean, I love a short number like this because, again, I always talk about it. it's always nice when your objectives are aligned with the team's objectives. Uh, just missed out yesterday on uh, – here on Monday, South Alabama, minus eight and a half, who was cruising for that game doesn't really care towards the end wins by seven. And it, you know, it, it's like, it's tough. Cause again, the, the team's incentive is to win. They don't want to care about covering. Right. So when you lay a number like two, it's always great because for the most part, we're on the same page with what needs to happen in this. So just seeing Marshall go on the road, get the win. As long as it's not by one, we don't lose it Two, We push everything else as a winner. Uh, but Marshall's just a much better team 
in my opinion, they are eight and two against the spread this year. Sideline has faded. UNC Greensboro every single game this year to the tune of a seven and two record. So I don't really see any reason why we should stop doing that. Marshall plays at a frenetic pace, and I just think it's going to be too much for Greensboro to handle. Uh, Jake, what's your take on this as to why this is the A plus play of the day? Look, since since dropping that first game on the road at Queens, they've won every game since then. Like this Marshall team is just on fire, and. Of all those wins, all of them were at least by nine points. They they've played and there's they've played some pretty good teams in there. It's not like they've just beat on uh, School of the Blind and Sisters of the Poor. They've got wins of Akron and Ohio, Moorhead State, Duquesne. Uh, I mean, very solid mid-major teams, and they're handling their business. They're eight and two against the spread on the year, and I mean, so after that Queens game, that means what, one time they didn't cover, or so uh, mm-hmm. it's a very fun team to bet on right now. Um, they play fast. They have a top 100 offense and a top 100 defense. They don't shoot the ball very well, but they make up for it with the extra possessions they force with turnovers and rebounds. And uh, they're just a very fun team to watch. And almost an auto over. Uh, not quite there yet, but almost there. Um, they're, like they're one of the top shot blocking teams too, which is very like kind of surprising. Uh, they've got a couple guys up there around like over one, and then. Uh, and then another guy's up like 2.5 or something like that. It's just a lot of <laughs> shots being blocked. Um, like UNC Greensboro is just not on the same level. This line just confused me. I, I don't know why it's mm-hmm. one that moved down and why it opened so tight. Uh, I don't think they're near the same level. Um, the only metric that people really look at and it matters is free throws attempted to free throw, uh, field goals attempted. And that's the only metric UNC Greensboro is better than Marshall at. So I'm not sure that really matters that much in this game. Because uh, especially when you look at UNC Greensboro's record with three wins over D1 teams, and none of those were super impressive. Uh, and I know they just played a close game with Arkansas, but don't let that throw you off. Arkansas spent most of the game trying to figure out how to play without Brazil after he went down on injury. So I, I don't think that was quite – representative of that Arkansas team or UNC Greensboro. And plus that was at the end of a just brutal stretch for Arkansas. They might've been sitting on tired legs too. Mm. Mm-hmm. And you talk about that Marshall Queens game to start the season off a couple of notes about that one. I mean, first off you have not a lot of tape on D two teams going up in basketball. I mean, there's just, there's just not a lot of tape out there. I mean, there's probably a little bit, but it's probably not good quality. You don't really know what you're getting. And especially with the, when you go up like that, the transfer situation, like the first game of the season, you don't really even know what you're, what you're seeing in football. When you talk about going from FCS to FBS, all those F- FCS games are on, are, are being taped. Right. And so you have just much better uh, visual of what's happening uh, here with the D2 jump. It's, it's a little bit dicey sometimes that first game of the season. And on top of that queen shot, uh, 42% from three, 50% from two, so to some extent, you're going to have – we're going to talk about it at the top. You're going to have those weird type games. So, I, I, again, like you said, I, I think a pretty excusable situation from that one. For the most part, Marshall's been a, a great team to back. So we're going to lay the two with them as the A-plus play of the day. Handful of B-grade plays. Jake, the one that you like the most, the best B-side in your book, 8 p.m. Central, UTSA is playing Utah. Utah's laying 23 points. Sometimes says this should be about 24. Utah – uh, seven and two against the number this year. Sidelines underestimated just how good this Utah team is. And so if that was the reality, then maybe this should be Utah minus 
instead of something like 24, maybe more like 25, 26, something like that. Uh, Utah should win. Uh, you also have a tough travel spot. You have the elevation being a tougher spot for UTSA. What are the other reasons why you think that, again, as I mentioned yesterday, the A plays are plays I mostly would tell people, unless you just hate it, you should probably be backing them. The B plays, we need to be a little more selective, only play the ones you like. Why are you telling people this is one of the ones they should be backing? Like one, we've talked about Utah a few times on the show, and yeah. they've been really good to us. They, Like you just mentioned, the travel is hard there. They Utah also has a pretty good home environment outside the travel and the altitude. They've got – pretty good crowd and it gets pretty loud. They've got a guy named Carlson that was just having an incredible year and he's uh, and I don't see UTSA getting in his way at all. Um, they also they have a top 30 defense and they're a, and they're a top 15 three-point shooting team. So I mean they're it's going to be really hard for UTSA to score and the, the fact that they're not very good on defense means there's going to be open shots and Utah's going to really make them punish punish for it. They play they don't play slow, so it's but they're not necessarily fast, so it's not like there's going to be a tiny amount of possessions that's also going to hurt your chances of covering a big number like this. I think uh, this UTSA team is just a no good, very bad team. Uh, they've got one of the worst offenses in the NCAA and almost as bad of defense. Uh, they just keep moving down in the rankings. They they started most people had them in like the very high two hundreds, and now I mean we're looking for mid three three hundreds now it's just mm. everything goes down um they're <laughs> besides i was looking through kim palm's numbers besides bethan cookman he doesn't have them winning another game outside on this year uh so it's just not gonna be mm. fun to be a utsa fan i think utah just runs away from the next the football team had a great season, and if, if you haven't already heard it, make sure you listen to the bowl episode that Cousin Jared and I just did yeah. about the early bowl games. It'll be a great bowl game coming up uh, this Friday afternoon, but uh, basketball, not so much. Maybe maybe it's like a high school, you know, they're just waiting for their football athletes to be done playing so they can improve their team. <laughs> I seriously hope not. <laughs> Although that is, a, you know, the, the, I the caveat, the caveat though to that, and most people probably don't know this, is UTSA is a giant school. It has like forty to fifty thousand undergrad right. students. So most people don't know that because most people just think UTSA is some small little random school. But the universities in Texas, along with uh, I believe like Florida and California, kind of have the same trends. Where the the universities that you think of are just like that are nothing universities. Some of them are more smaller, right? Obviously, like Rice is tiny, but uh, some of these universities have a ton of students in them. So I mean, out of fifty thousand students, they ought to be able to find you know a few guys to put on the basketball court <laughs> while the football team's playing, right? Yeah, I hope so. All right. Well, that's Jake's best B side. I'm going to give you a bonus B side, one that I think that you should invest in. I really like laying the 13 and a half with LSU against NC Central. I've really liked this NC Central team uh, all season. We've backed them five times. They've gone four and one for us in those. They're not as bad as they were uh, in previous years. I just this offseason read uh, Suli by John Grisham. If, if you have not read that book, uh, it's very different from the type of things that John Grisham writes, but he writes about a kid coming over from uh, Africa and playing for NC Central and the run they have. And maybe, I don't even know when the book was written. It was probably written several years ago, but maybe that's inspired them to be good. Obviously it hasn't, but uh, the NC Central is actually kind of decent. The, the issue here is that LSU is pretty good. And I just think that they're going to run away with this one. My bottom line analysis for this game is that 
Ken, I talk about Ken Palm numbers all the time, and I want to make sure that people hear me when I say this. Again, his numbers are very good. They are a reason. They are a staple in this game. Um, most of the time, sideline is relatively close to the Ken Palm number, and part of that is um, – if you look at it from a statistical standpoint, these models are not technically mathematically independent. They are independent in that it, it, it's different people's minds coming up with stuff, but we're using the same data. So they can't be mathematically independent because we're all looking at the same stuff. It's just how we're doing it. And my number often agrees with Ken Palm's number, but when it doesn't and the sports book just hangs the Ken Palm number, we tend to have advantages more times. And I'm going to talk about a distribution, not every single time, but this is one where I think we would have an edge here. The Ken Palm number is right around 13 and a half, but sideline says it should be 14 and a half. And so that little bit of an edge pushes me towards saying, I think we should be laying it with LSU. I think they can run away with this one. As good as AC Central has been to us, I think LSU is just a different story with regards to the amount of talent they're going to face. Yeah, I, I like this LSU team. I've liked them all year. Uh, I think it's kind of the same situation with uh, Brian Kelly. You had a new coach and a bunch of new players mm-hmm. come in, and they're as they get it, get their stuff together, they're going to look better and better throughout the year. And I think that's what we're going to see here at LSU. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. All right. And that takes us to the Jake out of limb segment, a situation where the model just has a C grade pick right now. The model just says, I don't really know what to do with Jake. You think there is an edge to be had here. And it's a game that should be on people's radar for investing in their Tuesday night, 6 PM central, probably the second best game of the day, uh, Princeton and Iona, a little bit of an under the radar game, a neutral site game in some random place in the middle of nowhere, New Jersey. Um, this feels like I, some kind of rivalry where they were like, we got to meet somewhere on neutral. That's the only way this works. Yeah. Maybe someone can fill in the comments for us that, they, that this is a heated rivalry that I had no idea about. These two schools just hate each other and you can't go on enemy turf. I don't think that's the case. But anyway, they're playing a neutral site game here in, I believe, Union, New Jersey. Um, uh, Sideline says that this should be Iona favored. Uh, by 5.8, they're favored by six. Of note, Iona six and two against the number. Princeton uh, three and five against the number. Both of these teams have been a little bit better than the models thought all season long. Iona more likely than not to win, but Jake, you also think they can win by at least six. Why do you think that? Look, this game should definitely find one of your screens, if not the main one. It's- going to be a great game. Um, it could be very important come March with seeding mm-hmm. and different things like that. Um, Iona is just running through teams on this four-game win streak they've got going right now. They've got wins of 22, 30, 22, and 15. Uh, Princess defense is just not going to hold up all, the whole game because Iona plays at a pretty quick pace. They've got a pretty good offense. Princeton has a really good offense. It's just their defense aren't isn't going to be enough here because uh, Iona's got five guys averaging double figures and do and do a really good job of not turning the ball over. You got Jenkins, their point guard, who runs that offense to near perfection, and Patino is a great coach. Uh, Princeton is very dependent on their big guy, and Patino is going to find a way to scheme him, not out of the game, he's too good for out of the game, but uh, make it make it where somebody else has to step up, kind of like the whole Bill, Bill Belichick thing. Take what you're good at, take that away, and see what you got. Um, and I think it's going to be very similar to that. I just I think towards the end of this game, Iona is going to like maybe that last media timeout. They're going to start pulling away because Prince is going to be run down a little bit. Their defense is going to get a little tired, and Iona is going to be able to take advantage of that with their depth and just being better overall. And this is a, a situation where Iona, the way they're playing, might find themselves in the tournament as an at-large team. 
I don't that's not exactly where they you think they're going to be right now, but the way they're looking, I mean, they're, they're trending to at least being in that conversation, um, which is surprising. I feel like potentially to a lot of people, but if I remember correctly, last year's team was also pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. They returned and, and, most of that team and they played in the same conference as St. Peter's. I think Monmouth is the one that knocked him out of the tournament, mm -hmm. but then St. Peter's won it. They got in. I mean, that, that little conference they play in is that the MIAC or one of those ones like that. It's got a pretty solid. Tell me the Mac. I think it's the Mac, not the yeah. Miac. The Miac's the further shelf. I think it's the Mac. Yeah, but I mean they've got some pretty solid teams in there, and they play some pretty good basketball for the, like those small northeastern teams. Yeah, yeah, they're a, a, a real good team. Should be a fun one to watch. Uh, and I'm going to go on a limb and grab one as well that the model only has a C grade pick on, but just kind of looking underneath the hood, I think it's probably worth a look. It's laying a big number, but only the 31 with Houston here. Sideline only has it as a C grade pick, so it should be about 30 and a half. Uh, you have to think Houston has a bad taste in their mouth coming off of this weekend's game. And uh, basically what I talked about yesterday with Texas, I'm going to apply here. And again, that didn't work out uh, potentially and maybe not potentially for all the reasons obviously everyone's known Victor already talked about. But uh, this Houston team, uh, when they have played bad teams, because uh, Jared talked about it, you've talked about it, just can destroy them. And I think that's what we're going to see here. Uh, I feel like a, a mid thirties, upper thirties point victory is more likely um, North Carolina A&T just isn't very good. And so that's the analysis is um, sometimes these numbers are hard to make big enough. And when you look at all the different projection systems, mine included, it's hard for us to get to some of these big numbers. And when you see it with certain teams, maybe you kind of shrug it off, but it seemed like Houston has covered some of these big numbers repeatedly. You look at it and you just say, the books don't really know what number to hang. They kind of, they'll kind of look at like, like a Ken Palm number. I think Ken Palm's got this around 27 or 28, kind of make it. They'll be like, okay, fine. We'll make like 28 people bet on it. Okay. We'll go to 29. Okay. We'll go to 30. Okay. We'll go to 31. Cause they don't really know either. There's just not that much data on these outlier games like this. And so I, I don't think they know how high to go, but he used to keep covering these big numbers um, more than not uh, against these really bad teams. I'm going to 31 with Houston. I, I think it's worth a look here. As long as the number stays in a reasonable number like this, they, they've won a lot of games by the mid thirties this season. Yeah. Like I would not want to be the team getting them after giving up a 15 point lead <laughs> At home, like that's uh, ooh, ooh. I wouldn't want to be at the practice the next day, or maybe, uh, <laughs> yeah, I would not want I would not want to be the practice squad, guys. Yeah, no. well, this is gonna be, <laughs> I, I've got a feeling this will be a real bad beatdown. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're with us on the Discord, I gave out seven totals tonight that I liked, and one of them was in this game. So if you're with us there on Discord, you already know how I feel about the total, uh, for this one, otherwise. I guess you don't, <laughs> which will take us to the total of the day. Uh, again, I give out seven totals. Here's another one that I did not mention the Discord, kind of held back for this show that I really like. 6 p.m. Central, UMBC is a three-point favorite at Loyola, Maryland. Sideline says that this one should be totaled at about 144 to 145. It's only at 138 and a half. And so we're going to go over. I just think that this number is a complete miss with regards to where it is. It should be a whole lot higher than this. You've got a UMBC team that plays a little fast, not extremely fast, but you know more on the fast side. Um, Loyola, Maryland, pretty average with regards to their pace. But I think the biggest thing here is that UMBC's defense is terrible. 
And Loyola, Maryland's defense, not very good. You're going to have a lot of good, high-quality possessions in this game. So less about pace and more about, I just don't see either team getting a lot of stops in here because you get the weaker offense against a truly terrible defense and uh, a bad offense against, I mean, a bad defense against a good offense. I guess maybe the way I say it is, on both sides, all the offense is better than the defense. And so that's going to lead to a lot of points. So I'm going over 138 and a half. And again, if you've already seen the picks, you already know which direction you should be going with regards to the side on this one. Uh, who knows where that number will be tomorrow, but it, the model does have something it really likes with regards to this game on, on the side as well. Yeah. UMBC has been a pretty good little over team. They, they like, they like to score. They like to keep the game fun. Uh, so they like to give up a lot of points. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, like I said, they like to keep the game fun. Nobody's ever yeah. enjoyed defense outside of a handful of players. So, it's you know, true. It's more fun on the other end of the court. Yeah. If you, if you were to sort most ratings by defense, right, you know, you end up with all the, the usual suspects, right, the, the Fairleigh Dickinsons of the world, um, you know, the IUPUIs of the world, right, some of those schools. Uh, UNBC uh, – uh, pretty far down there for the fact that they actually are a respectable team, right? They're one of the ones that is one of the worst defenses for the fact that they're fairly mediocre. I mean, a lot of the other teams at the bottom of every defensive ranking system are just, just terrible teams in general. They just don't have talent, right? But UMBC is like not horrible, but the defense is really bad. So uh, not that Loyola Maryland is anything good. They're also a pretty bad team, but we're expecting a lot of points there. So we're going over 138 and a half. Uh, probably, uh, if you want to watch the game, it could be fun, but the one that you really should be watching, again, we already talked about one with the Iona Princeton, the one after that that you definitely should be watching, 8 p.m. Central, the best game of the day here, Memphis at Alabama. Alabama is a seven-point favorite. Um, you know, I've been pretty impressed with both these teams. Memphis, a team that ever since the middle-ish, middle-last third of last year, you know, I'll just never forget last year, Yumi and Cousin Jared talking about some of the things that, you know, Penny Hardo was saying in the press conference, we were like, man, this guy is done and just held on to his job just like one day long enough to really <laughs> turn things around. And it's been aces since then. Uh, this team's been pretty good. Uh, Alabama, you know, continues to truck along. We kind of doubted them a little bit going into that Houston game. Uh, early on, looked like our doubts were justified. And then they came storming back. Uh, so two teams that I'm, I'm, I'm kind of – Interested to see, can they continue some of this, uh, I hate to see momentum, but just some of this good play that we've seen from them of late. Alabama, again, is a seven-point favorite. Uh, again, I've already given out a pick on the total on um, this one, but Jake, what is your pick for the side? Yeah, poor Alabama. No time to sit back and celebrate over, yeah. over the number one team. We're going right to yeah. the and, I mean, they're in the middle of an absolute brutal stretch. They just went to Houston, home for this game, homish to Gonzaga, a day off kind of with Jackson State, I think, and then they play open up SEC play with Mississippi State. It's mm. a tough, tough stretch. Um, a Mississippi State team that, that I'm also talking about must-see games. I mean, just talk about a complete opposite strategy uh, and, and set a streak there. Mississippi State, that defense against this Alabama offense, uh, that should be a, a fantastic one to watch too. Yeah, it's, uh, I can't wait for that game. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, but I think this one comes down to Alabama playing at a high level right now and then being the home team because there's not a ton to split these two teams. But Memphis wants to do everything that Alabama does, but Alabama does it just better. Uh, mm. Kendrick Davis, very good player, been everything he was at SMU at Memphis and maybe even a little bit better. I think 
part of part of the reason that this game is so attractive to watch is his duel with the freshman Miller for Alabama. Watching those two guys go back and forth will be a lot of fun. Um, I just Alabama is a little bit deeper of a team, a little bit better offense, a little bit better defense. Uh, Memphis has got. 10 guys that have played minutes on the year at all, and nine of them are playing significant minutes. But Alabama's got 10 to 12 guys that are playing, have played in multiple games this year and played a decent amount of minutes. Uh, they're shooting the ball very well, being at home, coming all riding high right now. They've got, I know momentum is not a great thing, but like that confidence level of doing, like mm. making that run back against. Houston, who is an incredible defensive team, can only boost you confidence. And then that gym is going to be rocking because uh, they just beat the number one team. They, yeah. they already love this team and Nate Oates yeah. and all that because they play a fun style of basketball. It's just it's a tough environment for Memphis to walk into, especially Memphis coming off a game against Auburn, who's a pretty good team. Uh, I just think towards the end of the game and second half, Memphis is going to get a little slow, make a couple sloppy mistakes, and then Alabama is going to be able to run away there. Especially if the three start going, then that team is incredibly hard to beat. I feel like we could have a whole thirty-minute show on just this game, talking about these two teams. There's there's so much to talk about. Um, uh, one thing one thing I want to mention here: Nate Oates, the way that he's revered at Alabama as a Baylor alum, reminds me a little bit of very early Scott Drew. I'm not going to say he's going to turn into Scott Drew. Right? Scott Drew has turned into one of the best coaches in college basketball um, early on though, it's kind of some similar criticisms can only play one style of basketball, that sort of thing. Right. But I mean, coming into a program that just had no tradition, no history, nothing building from the bottom up, taking the team to not the heights of, you know, winning national titles, winning conferences, but taking them to, be good and respectable and fun and doing for the program what what wasn't there, um, you know. And, and but but wondering, I remember as a Baylor fan wondering, you know, like, could he do a different defense? Could he get over the hump, right? And, and that's I feel like where Nate Oates is now. Mm-hmm. Like he's props, kudos, and again, I think the way the Baylor loved Scott Drew, I think it's kind of the way the Alabama fans love Nate Oates. And now I'm wondering, you know, can he? make the same transition that Scott Drew did and continue to do this year after he's got a long way to go, obviously. Um, but you know, it just, that's doing something like this at a program like that, that had zero basketball, uh, you know, uh, prestige for our entire lives, really, you know, is, is so impressive. And it's, it's fun to see uh, the fan base get excited about the basketball team. We know they're excited about the football team. It's fun to see them get excited about a basketball team too. And like you said, that crowd's been watching those games last year when they had big games, that crowd was rocking. They were really into it. A lot of fun to see. Yeah, I mean, like another way these teams are similar, you've got – I mean, Penny Hardaway is in much the same situation. I mean, Memphis basketball is the golden child, and they kind of fell mm-hmm. off there yeah. with Pastor and all that. It was, and it was rough, and then Penny had a rough go at the beginning, but he's starting to bring it back. I mean, he's, the recruits are wanting to stay there, and he, uh, stay in Memphis now, and – so it's a lot of that. I just think Alabama is like a step or a half step ahead of where Memphis is. And it's a great point. It's a great point that you make. Just even looking at pace, right? Memphis wants to play a little bit fast. Alabama plays a little bit faster. Memphis has a pretty good offense. Alabama a little bit better at offense. Memphis is pretty good defense. Alabama a little bit better at defense. Like you said, just it's kind of one of those, just a little bit across the board. You add in the home court. Uh, if this game was flipped, this game was in Memphis, I mean – straight coin toss game, right? Who the heck knows what's going to happen. But in Alabama, we think they can pull away late. Uh, Sideline says it should be about eight and likes backing the Crimson Tide here as well. So that's our must-see TV. Recommendations backing Alabama minus seven, which takes us to overtime. And my goodness, Jake, you have gone from the top to the bottom. 
7 p.m. Central, Green Bay at St. Thomas. And we talk, look, hey, you don't have to watch and make the money. And sometimes the small schools give us the best value to big games. They're fun to bet on, but you don't make any extra multipliers by winning those games. Um, and sometimes these smaller schools, there's some edges to be had here. Uh, with regards to this game, Southern says this should be St. Thomas by about 15. So that's probably the way it would tell you to look. But Jake, you've got a different angle for us here with regards to the total of 138 and a half. What is that? Look, we're, we're going to go over this because this I'm not sure that we'll get two worst defenses on the floor at the same time this year. This is the opposite of what defense any if you like defense at all, please do not watch this game. Not <laughs> watch this in any any stretch, but if you're like, hey, we'll throw it on. Make sure you don't like defense because they will not play it. Um, Which means most people will probably find this game enjoyable because most of us enjoy scoring and good up and down play, right? Well, well that's, the, that's the only issue. They play slow. Uh, so I try. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying my best. But like, don't let those pace metrics get in the way. Like they're both teams, especially St. Thomas, has a pretty good offense and. They find open shots, and there's going to be plenty of open shots in this game. Um, they, St. Thomas has a good enough offense to really take advantage of that. They shoot the three ball uh, pretty well, and they shoot a lot of them. Uh, I think they average about 72 points a game right now, and they're giving up 71 uh, normally. So I, I think <laughs> they're going to be able to run away with this one. It's going to look a lot like uh, Green Bay and Milwaukee, where I, I think it, it was like mm-hmm. 80 like the total was like 148, but it was like 87 to 60 something. Um, I think I don't know that it'll be that big of a spread, but we don't need it to be. We just need it to be like 80 to 60 or mm-hmm. 80 to 65, say whatever, yeah. Uh, yeah. something like that. That's all we need. And I think there's it's going to be. I, I don't really see a world unless you know I, the Iowa State game comes out where uh, St. Thomas just can't hit. Like where they Which just, happens. I think it's much closer to 90 and more likely. Than it, it seems to happen more when we bring it up. So I'm wondering, do we have some sort of power that we say it and speak? I don't think we do, but maybe, maybe we should check ourselves for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Otherwise, I, well, if that's the case, I'm going to bring up that game. I was Kentucky and North Carolina every time. I, I was just about to say, I was like, if this is the case, we are going to start scheming how to use these powers <laughs> for evil. <laughs> You're absolutely right, though. I mean, you've got St. Thomas with a top 100 offense against Green Bay, who's a bottom 10 defense. And, uh, oh, yeah, St. Thomas is a bottom 20 defense as well. It's not drastically different than the total of the day that I gave out, where we're talking about it's not about the pace. It's about the fact that you're going to have quality possessions. And with St. Thomas and the way they score, and and Green Bay doesn't have a great offense, but St. Thomas's defense is so bad, they will score some points. So just one of those where you gotta see, you're going to see a lot of good high quality possessions and so um it's actually the same number as the total today both of the totals that you got in the one i gave out earlier both 130 and a half and we think both of those can get over which takes us to my overtime pick 6 p.m central umass lowell minus one at rhode island Uh, this is my favorite of the day right here you've got a umass lowell team who's been very good to us uh they are seven and three against the number Sideline says this should be UMass Lowell by four and a half. And like we mentioned on the A-plus play of the day, our objectives are aligned with theirs, only laying a short number like one. This number should go up. I don't know if it will, but I just can't see why it doesn't. UMass Lowell is a lot better than this Rhode Island team. You've got a very above-average UMass Lowell team against a probably slightly below-average Rhode Island team. I know they're on the road, but they're much better enough to overcome 
the home court advantage. And I'm not giving Rhode Island that much of a home court edge. The travel isn't that far. So it's not like, you know, part, part of the home court edge is the fans. But as we saw, we got some great data with COVID. The fans only amount to so much of the home court advantage. Some of it is, you know, staying in a different bed, shooting at a different arena, the travel, going out of your routines, all those different things like that. But when you got a short travel distance, that kind of removes a little bit one of those variables versus traveling across the country. So uh, I'm going to leave the one with UMass Lowell. I think they can get the job done on the road and beat Rhode Island. Yeah, this UMass Lowell team has been very good, very surprising. No, uh, nobody really. Yeah. I, I can't remember if it was a YouTube comment or. Uh, yeah, it's on YouTube. That, that was talking about someone who's from that area was like, didn't see this coming. Yeah, and I mean, I don't, not many people did, and, and I'm kind of happy about it because it's been fun to be able to back them so often because mm-hmm. they are a very good team. It was especially watching that UMass game. I was mm-hmm. away, very impressed with them, and I think they'll get this one fairly easy. I'm really shocked. Uh, I thought after the UMass game that that was going to be it, that it was going to be the numbers cut up to them. And not that we would never back them again, but we just wouldn't have such good value with them the next game. And here we are. Same thing. It's happened. It reminds me of the back in the Mariners all season in baseball, basically, or the the whole back half of the season where I kept waiting and I kept waiting. And there was like one random game or two where it's like, okay, we're going to fade the Mariners. And it was right back to incredible value again. How much money the Mariners, the Guardians, both those teams made us. It was just surprising where I kept thinking, okay, this is it after this. Or I think with the Mariners after they, they like swept the Yankees or something like that or won three out of four. And it was like, well, after this, we're not going to get any of that. Still had value. It was like after they play that well against UMass, it's like, we're well, not going to happen. And sure enough here, like why aren't they favored? They should be favored. Again, Pilots is four and a half, at three and a half minimum. Because at, at three, I'd, I'd still like a three. But it should be three and a half, four, four and a half, five. One of those numbers in there where it stops and makes you think and go, they probably win, but how many times do they win by two or three or four? And I don't get the cut. And that's what they, they should be making you think about. They're not even making you think. Just lay the mm-hmm. point. It, it blows my mind that we're still getting value with this team after they keep playing this well for us. I, I felt like the number one cut up hasn't yet. I don't know why, but let's take advantage of it, right? Yeah, yeah that's that's the point. That's the point of the model and everything like that with sideline. It's like, hey, point, pinpoint those teams that we can take advantage of for as long as we can. Yep, it's just write it as long as we can. Be happy how well we can, and 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 when it ends, right, we won't be sad. We'll be we'll be happy for the memories, right? <laughs> yeah, hopefully, those memories were tied to a lot of dollars. Exactly, exactly. All right, well, that's all the games we're going to cover here for your Tuesday college basketball betting slate. Jake, any parting words? No, I just I cannot wait for this Alabama Memphis game. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch, and I am very excited for it. It should be entertaining from a from a quality of basketball pace of play you know all, all sorts it it's not like, like, i'm looking forward to houston virginia but it's going to be a different aesthetic <laughs> that, you know, this, this is one the casual college basketball fan yes like. absolutely not ones that really love the game or really love betting this is this is one that everybody will love Yes, one that, yeah, you, 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 casual friends, you know, significant others, whatever. If they're just even kind of into basketball, like they can get it. They probably get into this game, which which will be a lot of fun. And like I said, some, sometimes the big games, you and I can enjoy them, but not, they're, they're maybe not for everybody, right? Like the Army-Navy game, right? I, as a college football junkie, I love that, but that, I, that game wasn't for everyone. I'm well aware of that. We got a couple of bowl games coming up like that that I'm going to love every second of them. Um, <laughs> Kentucky Iowa. Iowa, Kentucky, betting again. I'm going to love every second of it, but it's not for everyone. That's just the bottom line, right? Yeah. Yeah.
All right. Well, thanks for tuning into this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure all the sports betting content we've found on this channel is dropped right into your feed. Back again tomorrow with more college basketball betting content. If you haven't caught that bowl episode yet, again, make sure you do that. But until we see you again, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.